And then you have the other creators where they're like, creation and art is like a pure form of like, I will not change for no one. Yeah. No algorithm is going to corrupt what I'm trying to do. And both work well in business. But when it comes to growth on a platform, I definitely know that like compromising your creative eye a little bit and leaning in a little bit to what people would say is a bit more gimmicky definitely probably has more growth opportunities i'm not sure about being successful welcome to the full-time influencer podcast i'm your host tina lee and i'll be sharing industry knowledge and social media tips through weekly interviews with established creators and q a sessions our goal is to help you decode social media become a full-time influencer and do what you love for a living let's dive in Welcome back to the Full-Time Influencer Podcast. I'm here today in New York City with Jordan. He is a famous TikToker, YouTuber, and Instagrammer. And we're going to talk all about his super interesting life today. Welcome. Thank you. Wow. (laughs) What an intro. I'm famous. Yes, actually, I had more. So you have 1.8 million followers on YouTube, 3.6 on TikTok, and almost 400K on Instagram. That's about right. Yes. Yes. So he is Funny. definitely an online personality. And today I have lots of interesting questions for you. Yeah. Okay. Done, done your research. <laughs> First of all, we were just on a cruise together with Royal Caribbean. So I saw all of his behind the scenes creating process and how he thinks about creating content. And I think that's very, very interesting to bring up today. So I think okay. we can discuss that first. Yeah. Me and Tina were like... We didn't know about each other. And then I think we followed each other like six months ago. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we've done jobs together and now we're hanging out in New York together. So it's come like, it's Full a rapid circle. friendship. Yes, it's a very small circle. Mm. And honestly, you're probably one of the most interesting creators I have met. Interesting is yeah. like, <laughs> is that a good word? Is that a bad word? It's a word? good thing. It's a good thing. Yeah, no, no, no. I know there's many interesting people that I've met in my life and I wouldn't say it's a good thing. <laughs> So, well, first of all, one thing that I think is very unique about you is the way that you don't really plan your content, but you travel really intensely. Mm. And somehow you're able to piece together all of the content that you create on the trip. And afterwards, it still looks like it was well planned, like it all pieces together well. So I wanted to ask you about that. Like, how do you go about preparing? Or if you don't prepare, then how do you piece it together afterwards? That process, that is like probably my biggest strength is being able to pull out a story out of uh, absolutely nothing. And I feel like rapid short form, like I had the dedication to be like, okay, post every single day. So to post every single day, sometimes you just got to pull something out of nothing. So I feel like that's where that came from. It was a very much like document first, create later (laughs) mindset because I never really understood what I was going to get into in the day with anything like travel content creation. You know, you go to the place, you can see the things, you can kind of understand the narrative, but if something happens, you can completely change the narrative of the day. So it was very hard for me to sort of like go in with a concept and pre-planned pre-planned yeah yeah. there is one thing that is very interesting about you that i kind of want to share with people listening watching is that when jordan is traveling no it's a good thing when you're traveling like you have this eye to pick up interesting things immediately like you see somebody doing something interesting you immediately whip out your phone and you start filming really close like in people's face and stuff and you capture it also one thing that's really important for your storytelling is the reaction 
Because if you watch Jordan's reels, they're very like exaggerated. There's a lot of emotions and really loud. And I noticed like he would do that reaction when he's eating or when he's doing a slide. Mm. And that is actually how you are in real life too. Yeah. But it's a very important part of storytelling that you always remember to incorporate and capture on the spot. Yeah, because that's the, when you're doing voiceover storytelling, a lot of the time you can lose the engagement of the viewer if it's just a voiceover with overlaid clips. So to sort of break it up and make it feel more lively, I would definitely put like reactionary content in there yeah. because it could be like five seconds of voiceover and then I can come into the real life setting being like, whoa, or yeah. like, even if it's a generic saying, sometimes I even have generic sayings that I'll say in, in different environments because I'm not sure what the narrative is, but I'm pretty sure I can weave like phrases like, this is incredible, or you're not going to believe what happened next, like into sort of any sort of story. So I have a lot of clips where I'll just say like generic sayings. So yes. then I can like flow it in so it feels more planned than it actually is. So yes. that's one yes. tip. But yeah, so then and then a lot of the times the <laughs> intro, like the hooks, either if I know like halfway through the day, I'm like, oh, okay, I know what this video is going to be. I'll film it on site. Uh, but then the other half are just like, in a completely separate place around the world or in my hotel room right. or something. So the hooks, you can see like sometimes I'm filming in an area that's completely different to where the story is being told. And that's yes. just because, yeah, I'm making up the, the hook and the narrative after. So. Actually, that's a really great point that you brought up. And this is a little bit granular, but how you talked about the hook that you actually think about it beforehand. And when you're there, you're like, oh, this is a good framing. Like it mm. makes for a good hook. Mm. I think most people when they're creating short form video, so a lot of people don't think about already planning for the hook. And then they leave the spot and they're like, oh, oh like what clip do I use in the beginning? Yeah, and the so hook that's is the, for me, it's the most important part. If yeah. you can't like introduce a good, like engaging, like, oh, I want to watch that. If you can't stop people from scrolling, your content's never going to go anywhere. So yeah, I always make sure like I have the hook and it, that's why in environment, it's usually better. If I'm in yeah. the environment, the hook is stronger, yes. but I don't do that very often. It's just like mm. when I really am discerned with the story, I'm like, okay, this is good. Yeah, yeah, got it. So before you really got into short form video content, and I didn't know this before, but yeah. you actually were doing like serious photography, like yeah, travel photography. No, yeah, yeah, I definitely like, so 2016, I started like getting into it. And, you know, Instagram back then was all just photos. So if you scroll back enough on my feed on Instagram, you'll see just like a lot of beautiful travel photos, but it's going to be very cliche. I did have, um, I was doing like nice travel photos that everyone would see all over everyone's feed. And then the other one was like, I did GoPro selfies. So yeah. I had a lot of like selfies, which was, which was definitely more down my avenue that no one else was really doing was these fun loving GoPro selfies. But, um, yeah, that was like my content until like 2019, 2020 when everything sort of shifted to short form. But it is funny because I look back now and um, yeah, like I'm going to Cappadocia taking the same photo. I'm going to Nusa Penida taking the same photo, you know, Greece, like all these classic spots. So it is funny looking back being like uh, that was just obviously I didn't like have as much success doing that like if you look at my success, I had pre-shorts, I had like uh, 150K total. And then post short form, I have now like 6 million. Wow. Uh, wow. Yeah, so. 
Yeah, so needless to say, short form video like changed your entire career. Yeah, short form video changed my entire career and short form video like gave me like a creative outlet that differentiated me mainly because I could bring my personality into it a lot easier yeah. than it was like doing photos and doing like what everyone else was sort of doing at the time. So yeah, yeah. I think it's interesting because a lot of photographers get a little caught up in like still using a lot of photo and thinking like that is more like pure form content. But then people like you where your personality is really vibrant and it comes out through your video. So then this is a huge advantage for people like you. Yeah, no, it's that's the other thing that's funny is that whenever the algorithm changes or dictates the way that um, you should be creating, you know, you've got the two types of creators. You've got the creators that are like, business first creators that are like i'm doing this because i love it and also because it's my business and i need to eat and then you have yeah very tina and, and me and then you have the other creators where they're like creation and art is like a pure form of like i will not change for no one yeah. no algorithm is gonna corrupt what i'm trying to do and both work well in business but when it comes to growth on a platform i definitely know that like compromising your creative eye a little bit and leaning in a little bit to what people would say is a bit more gimmicky definitely probably has more growth opportunities i'm not sure about being successful because success is defined on a number of factors yeah but um yeah from a from a growth in social media it definitely helps if you go with the flow of like what's the the way the media is changing so I actually wanted to specifically talk to you about that because I think you have a very unique approach to content. You mentioned that you designed your style of talking to the camera like selfie for a specific reason. And it's to minimize your sort of like minimize your workload and make it very sustainable. So mm. both a selfie so you don't need a videographer, someone mm. to help you, and also the uh, talking style, voiceover style, so that you can just gather tons of clips and then you can piece it together no matter where you go. Yeah, I guess it's so weird how much we talked that I forgot I told you this stuff. But um, yeah, I guess I'm uh, I like a selfieographer is what I call it. It's yeah. where I'm just like, because I'm solo traveling a lot, I don't want to ever have to be like rely on other people to create my content. So yeah. I just make sure that one, it's also good for personal brand yes. just to keep your face in the in the initial frame. But also, yeah, it's just like it makes everything so much from a workflow very smooth because I don't have to be relying on other people. It's just on me. And yeah. And then also with the voiceover, it makes it easy to uh, sort of like, you know, you don't have to be as planned. Yeah. You can just sort of like so I can be more reliant on myself and less planned. So it's not so stressful yeah. as it could be. But yeah. And that's a good uh, lesson on branding as well because you have your what the heck orange hat and always just like a, I don't know, what is this, like ripped t-shirt wow. that you're wearing I'm not everywhere. Sure that, I'm not sure that's a brand. That's sort of just me being me. A t-shirt is uh, your brand. Like I haven't seen you wear a button down. Yeah. But then it just is so consistent. It's so easy to look this way. And then the cap too, like people will immediately recognize you. Plus, yeah. you created these series like uh, Go To Somewhere or Dumb Ways To Die. And you use the same music on your Dumb Ways To Die. Like how many how many videos is it now? I've done like 120. Yeah, wow, 120 really? of them. Yeah, I know. It's kind of crazy. I made the series like I have certain series just because, again, the demand of short form can really take a toll if you don't set it up in the right way. So along with me being selfie oriented and then also having the voiceover rather than trying to 
plan everything. Along with that, then I have the series like three foods to try, dumb ways to die, answering traveler like people's questions to go to certain places. And then I have sort of like my favorite and the best form of content is the unique travel stories but they're very few and far between like maybe once or twice every trip i'll find like a local that's doing something really cool and they're like the best form of short form but yeah to make sure i can keep the flow going mm -hmm. i definitely have like series that i just mass produce in a sense yeah it's not like again it's not the ideal like i'm not like putting my creative stamp on it going like i'm so creative look at me but it's definitely there to sort of like lower my stress levels in like a very demanding industry. So I see. Yeah. Do you ever feel like you're not creatively fulfilled for this reason? A little bit at times, but my creativity comes out in so many different ways that probably That's true though. are seen and is not seen. Even just through socializing and stuff, like I just feel like I don't necessarily right now in my life need to dedicate a bunch of time to the really niche, artsy, create, creative stuff that I would like to create that the masses just will not even understand. They'll be like, yeah. this is just, I don't get it. But like, yeah. you know, because art is very like, it's very subjective. So, but I do feel like I have a lot more time to do that. Um, yeah. yeah, I just feel like I'm also very engaged in business. Like I'm very new to like learning how the whole business of social media works so that is the creativity in that itself is like enough to sustain me for a while i think but yeah true true yeah because i think what you have done is super smart so that you can make it sustainable but also like you focus a lot on virality like you're going full force with consistency picking specific viral topics, knowing that that is what is going to get you traction and you're building up all of this reach first and mm. your, your personal brand first before you're like going in, fulfilling all of your interests and all of your creativity. Because you're also an, an excellent uh, drawer. Mm. You draw like Pokemon. Well, I feel like you're just, I don't, I I don't know I've never life. verbalized any of this, but I guess it's true. Like I'm yeah. so smart. No, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I did before this, I did graphic design. I used to run around and do comic cons and sell my Pokemon art at comic cons. So it's really yeah, good. That was before I got into that was years ago now. I mean, one day I would like to draw again just for fun, but I'm so deep in the social media space, like with yeah. travel, that it, it's not an option right now. But yeah, that's the thing. I feel like there's too much to do and not enough life to live. That's so. so true. And also, you know, one of the biggest problems that most people have, especially if they're starting out, is how do you narrow down on all of your passions? Mm, how do you leave out impossible. something that you're good at or like you just also are passionate about and then focus on a few things that will propel your business? And because most people are unable to cut the other things out, so they never grow beyond a certain point mm. because there's no focus. You know, so we're all multifaceted people. We yeah. all like different things. I draw too. Like I like to play the piano, but I'm not yeah. going to share that online because it's not relevant. Yeah, I know. That's the, yeah, that's the tough thing about, you know, I mean, if you had a, if you got to a stage where your personal brand was so strong that you could share any passion, that would be like the dream. But yeah, you know, that's you the, could. I feel like that's very few and far between. Like, you know, if Justin Bieber was interested in classical music, or oh, I guess music's his thing. But yeah. if he was into like, I don't know, playing tennis... Like yeah. people are just like, oh, just move us into tennis. But if I started being like, yeah, I love playing chess, which I do. People don't care. Like it's, you know, they follow me for travel. Yeah. Um, and a little bit of like my lifestyle, obviously. But I'm self-aware in the fact that they don't care if I do some of these niche things. Like, you know, it's very like not going to be widely accepted. So, yeah. 
Well, your lifestyle is actually very unique. It's mm. completely nomadic. You don't currently have a home base, mm. and so, for example, you're crashing on this couch yeah. right now in this our friend like, Jerome's this is home. My bed. Yeah. <laughs> Do you find that to be kind of difficult to not have a home base because you're traveling all the time, or does it kind of work for you right now? Well, it's both, a bit of both. So I've done this for eight years, traveled it out of a bag for eight years. And I always thought like I would just get over it and stop, but I just never did. So it's beneficial in regards to networking and it's really beneficial in regards to content is always being thrown thrown in my face because, you know, I'm not even, I don't have to even try to get new ideas. It's just sort of like when you travel, like things are just constantly happening. Yeah. So from a content perspective, it's really, it's the easiest way. Like if I was based in one location to come up with fresh concept and fresh ideas, I'd have to even be, I'd have to think more creatively. So it's a bit harder in that sense. So that's the good thing. But the bad thing is always like, uh, I guess like just the routine of travel and like the tire, like sometimes you just want to edit in one spot, but there's other people like, you know, like right now I'm like crashing at Jerome's, my friend's place. So it's not like I could just sit here, edit like completely on like distracted yeah. like obviously so there's different times and places so, for all that but yeah so there's a few drawbacks very, yeah there's a few drawbacks yeah. it's i would say it's not a lifestyle for majority mm -hmm. uh, when people say oh my gosh your life is so cool i wish i could do that as well i'm like well you can do that but you don't want to do that yeah it's not yeah i say that about social media as well though. yeah that's true like i always say oh i want i'm gonna do social media i'm like do you want to do it because you enjoy it or do you want to do it because it's like a good way to make money yeah you think it's a good way to make money or is it both because if it's just for money and not in anything to do with enjoyment you're not gonna like it it's absolutely not, yeah you know you have to have some sort of creative passion for it so you do yeah. have to make sacrifices i don't think they're like great sacrifices but you do have to sacrifice some aspects of your life in order to be in social media yeah and it could be like you have less friends in real life or like me or that you kind of have to always do interesting things in your life or um you always have to be capturing certain things and yeah i feel it's just yeah how there's, it is. Always, there's a bit of pressure to always be creating yes. sometimes you're just like i don't want to do anything but then you're like hmm if i didn't do anything i might just fall off the face of this earth online you know you feel like you have to constantly stay relevant yeah which i feel like it is just a mental thing like it's not as important as it is but when you're in the industry like no no i gotta keep going gotta keep going but if you did take like a three month break i do feel like it's it's not as detrimental as it should be but it's yes. hard to tell yourself that once you're completely in the industry so yeah you can come back after a long break we've been in this industry for years mm -hmm. and i've seen a lot of people like take long breaks and then they come back and they make a comeback etc so yeah. i do think it's definitely possible and if you have to then you should prioritize you yeah know. i mean mental health is always the most important thing for me it hasn't affected you have no mental my, health problems not to my knowledge yet like I don't think it's been, had a negative impact on my mental health, but I know like many people in my, in my industry and many of my friends, like it really does have an impact. So you have to like manage that as yeah. well. But that's like any job, you know, there's always, there's always pros and there's always cons. So I noticed a pattern uh, among some of the most cr successful creators. And I think one of the things that they all have is like <laughs> obsession. It's not so much like they have discipline. They don't necessarily have like the best habits uh, or anything, but they are just 
obsessed with what they are doing so and what obsessed. they're creating. Like yeah. you're, to me, you're obsessed with like virality. <laughs> Do yeah, you think that's true? I like figuring it out. Yeah. And like when I can figure it out and a video goes like viral, then I'm like, okay, figure it out again, figure it out again. Like right now I'm in a little bit of a slump where all oh, my yeah? views, yeah, all my views are like, I had a bit of a, like a, I had a nice summer. You know, when you have a nice summer, a bit more relaxed, I'm hanging out with friends, I'm not really focused on creating. So instead of posting, let's say the last two months, I've probably posted 30 instead of 60 videos. So it's mm -hmm. like very much like half the post. So yeah, then the views are a little bit down, everything's a little bit down and I'm like, okay. But that's sort of like, it's it doesn't really uh, upset me. It just makes me go, okay, like let's figure it out. Mm -hmm. You know, let's look at the analytics and like, where it's going wrong so we can try and get back on top so it's not necessarily like a bad thing but it's like the next step what's the next step to like pivot to keep uh keep going so how do you figure out what goes viral like how do you get how do you train your like mm -hmm. senses yeah because you i noticed when we're together you like you see something you're like oh that's that's viral yeah and yeah. you just point it out immediately like how do you know well unique is one thing that's always if you have a unique angle or if you can clickbait something and it's actually true. Like if I saw, I don't know, let's say I saw a frog flying, you know, <laughs> you laugh, but if you saw a frog, frog flying, you know, it's viral. Yes. Yes. Obviously that doesn't exist in real world, but if you had a three second clip of a frog flying with wings, it's a hundred percent viral. So it's, it's like, I know that's a weird example off the top of my head, but it's something like that where it's like, if I can see something unique, I'm like, that's a super unique thing. I can hook it like really well. And it's a guarantee because I'm delivering on the hook. Um, see, so yeah. the audience is going to be, you have to deliver. <clears throat> yeah. Like is. if I did a hook and said, guess what guys, I just saw a frog flying everyone is gonna stick around to watch that video because they're like there's no way if i don't see a frog flying and it's complete trash which it would be because that doesn't exist the video is just gonna be like it's not gonna go very well but if it is if it does it's gonna be shared it's gonna be monetized like everyone's gonna want it like they're gonna share it all over the internet and share it with their friends because it's like a phenomenon so yeah, that's so unseen. I, yeah, that's like the that's how I see it. And then along with that, it's just good storytelling, short form storytelling, which is fast paced, keep keeping you engaged and keeping that watch time high is very yeah. important. So if you can get like when I look at the analytics of a video, if I have like 95% watch time, usually even if it doesn't go viral, because they don't always they don't always kick off. But if I see 95% watch time, I'm like, well, I did the best I could do with yeah. that video. Yeah. I couldn't have done anything more. Um, unfortunately, the algorithm didn't pick it up or it hasn't yet. But if it's 95%, then I'm like, well, I did, I did as best as I can do. But if it's like 70 or 60%, then I go, hmm, okay, this was way too long. Like this video was 30 seconds. It should have been 18. I should have told this story shorter or maybe the hook wasn't strong enough. And I'll start like thinking, like start breaking it down, like very, I don't know, like, Mathema yeah like yeah. mathematically like to figure out what the issue is yeah but so yeah i never analyze it yeah analyze i analyze it a lot but um it never really has an impact on this is what other people don't really it's very hard for them to differentiate between jordan to ali the personal brand online and jordan as the human if something doesn't do well i'm like it doesn't uh, i don't take it I personally see. at all this is just my the the things that I produce. This is not me. It's not a reflection of yeah. Jordan as a person. It doesn't reflect me at all. It just reflects like 
my business. So that's the thing that I don't struggle with, but I know when it comes to mental health, people think like, oh, no one liked this video or I'm getting like hate on this video and they're so personal, they're attacking me. me. Yeah. But no, I'm like, in me, I'm like, oh, they're attacking my, my media company. Right. You know, yeah, that's yeah. how I see it. Oh, that's just my media company. They're not attacking me. Yeah. Because online is not obviously real life. Like, one, it's not the exact same thing. So, yeah. Yeah. That's just a good differentiation to make for me anyway. I would say like out of all these creators, I see there's a few different types. There's like the ultra creatives, the artists, and then like some people that come to mind would be like my friend Cookie, who's over there. Q Mike is another like artist in my mind. He's like a true artist. You're kind of like to me, I feel like you're more like a personal brand, like you run it like a business. And I also feel like I run it like a business. Yeah. As a create, like a with a create, like a creative person running a business. But my first foremost goal is running it like a business. Yeah, exactly. I feel like I came from a place of nothing. Like when I started with, I didn't really have that much money. So I never really felt like I could just be creative, like with my own eye and my own vision without like other, that would just always be a part time job. So mm. what I find r most of the time with full-time creatives that feel very artistic, yeah. they either already have the money or they already don't, they don't rely on the money or they come from a place where, you know, they can be helped out or they feel very comfortable with their finances and their situation and their environment where they don't feel like they need to compromise their creative eye or they know deep down that their creative eye is like so, so good, good. Yeah. that yeah. eventually it will like, it could be rough for a bit, but they know like it's going to pay out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is the top end of the industry for me. Like if you can go through that rut, but you know you're, you won't compromise at all on your creativity. Yeah, it can pay out. But I think this, I think the percentage of that is um, very little. Yeah, so very little. So for me, yeah, I just break down like the whole situation. I was like, well, you know, if I build up a personal brand, I think it's a lot easier to impact the market and it's a lot easier to work with brands you know, short term and, and medium term. Obviously, I think long term, if you're the most creative person out there, you will be the most successful. But um, yeah, for me, I decided to, you know, take a little bit of a different route because it was the only way I could see myself thriving in the industry. Yeah, yeah. I think you have to have so much self-awareness as a creator to know, like, are you really creative or are you more like an executor or are you more of a business minded marketer? You and none of these are bad. They're all good in their yeah. own way. If you can have a little bit of everything, then you can really excel in this field. But if you know you're like leaning one way or the other, you really have to go hard on that and know that that is your strength and play to your strengths. Like, Definitely. I, like I think I think you're like a naturally very engaging, energetic, interesting person. I am not that. I am like a very like prepared, meticulous. I have to be careful and I plan things out. I write down everything I'm going to ask you. Yeah, and yeah. that's how I come across. And it's always like planned. And you're like, Tina, just let loose. Like, yeah, don't on, be so serious. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like that's just how I show up. Yeah, we are very opposite. Yeah. Like in like we get along great, but our lifestyles are so like different. <laughs> yeah, our lifestyles and our mindset is so different. There's so much I can learn from Tina in regards to like business and like being more um, sort of diligent with my execution and, and you know, my long term goals with my 
what I'm trying to build. Like, I feel like there's so much there that I could just, uh, I should be more attentive to, but then I'm always just leaning back to whatever. Yeah, actually, I want to know what are your long-term goals? Because you have so many followers. You're getting brand deals. It's allowing you to live and you're doing what you love. You're already like traveling and everything. What do you want out of this career? Well, that's the problem is because when I started this in 2016, my goal was like, if I could travel forever, because it just seemed so unattainable at the time, mm -hmm. I had like $5,000 to my name and I was like, I'm going to travel forever. So it just seemed like very unattainable. But then like a couple of years later, I, I just achieved that very quickly because social media allowed so many avenues and travel wasn't as expensive as I thought and all these other things. So then when I achieved the goal, let's say like 2019, I was like, oh, traveling full time is not actually an unreachable goal. And then I sat in it for a couple of years of just enjoying traveling full time because that's what I love. And I still do this day. But then in 2021, I sort of had to realign and like find a new goal because I was just becoming too comfortable. Travel became too easy and I didn't feel challenged anymore. Mm -hmm. So now, I mean, the goals are still quite blurry, but I would say like the goal is to sort of like stabilize my income so I can, um, sort of have a more guaranteed monthly source of income rather than uh, just relying on like, you know, every couple of months, like a brand deal coming through, like, oh my yeah. word, thank goodness I can survive another few months. Rather than that, I can just sort of like, you know, and build up my own wealth as well in that, yeah. like, you know, whether it's like you do a lot of digital products or a subscription-based service, something like this. I don't know where it's going to take me, but that's the mindset I'm in right now because it's like, it's a lot less stressful when you can guarantee or you, when you can really say no to brands like yeah, you know yeah. in, my, in my in my career i there's many times where i'm like i want to say no to this but i need the three grand yeah. and it's very hard for me to say no when now i'm like i i can't say no to like certain deals because i'm like oh it's too good but i want to be able just to be like nah to every brand yeah yeah i yeah. want to, yeah i would love to get to a stage where like someone offers me like a six-figure deal and i'm just like nah yeah i don't care the that irony would be amazing. the irony here also is that when you actually say no that's when the prices go up like yeah. you have to be willing to that. walk away to be able to really negotiate and when they sense that you're willing to do it for less that's when they'll mm. just have you for less it's not really so much like how much set budget they have it's more like I'm like, no, I'm going to walk away. Yeah. And they'll just come. Up. I learned that the last two years because I had many people yell at me in the industry being like, you're ruining the industry. Your rates are too low, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, are they too low? And then I like, they were all telling me, I'm getting paid six figures. Oh, I'm getting paid five figures for this deal. And I'm like, you're getting what? Yeah. Oh my word. And I'm like, I was at, I think some of these situations, I was like triple the size of a creator and like in regards to followers and views and i'm like getting paid three times less right so then Whoa, I'm like, really? wow that's yeah a big yeah difference. like sometimes like there was one specific gig where i was getting paid like three and a half four grand and other creators were on like 15 20 and i was like oh, i mean no. i'm not saying i'm like i was better than them in any sense but i was definitely on their level mm -hmm. of those and I was like, wow. And then I reread the email of when I was offered. Um, and I didn't even really do any like, I want this and back and forth. I was just like, yeah, whatever. Like literally the email is just like, yeah, that sounds good. Oh, I'll no. do that. Like I just like, yep. Yeah. And 
Yeah, but it comes from a place of like, I really wanted to hang out with my friends in that country or whatever it is. So now, yeah, now I'm trying to say no and, you know, it's working, it's working, but it's still hard. I don't know. Like, it's so hard to say no when you, you just like... You like, love what you do yeah, and it's I a significant amount of money. Yeah. Even though relative to your reach, it's really honestly quite not enough. Yeah, well, that's what everyone keeps telling me. But then I'm like, yeah, I feel like it always gets to a stage where like I hear these mystical deals of like six figures, five, like multiple five figure deals. And I'm like, I know that's a thing that people get all the time, but it doesn't come into my life that often. So, yeah, I don't know. It's like, I know it's there. I should say no and just wait for it, which I am learning the last two years since getting management. I actually got management the last like 18 months. Yeah. And I learned a lot. And now I don't even deal with my, I actually don't even deal with my rates. Um, so do they negotiate higher rates for you? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like instantly higher rates, less jobs, mm -hmm. but more income, mm. which is like honestly better. Yeah. I was like, you know, instead of doing 10 jobs for $3,000 to make, 30 grand I could just do one or two yeah and I would make the same amount could you share maybe like your highest paid deal not the brand just the amount the highest paid deal was like 30 grand with yeah like probably like after I take out all the the I had to pay for my own travel and all this stuff so probably like 20 and then my agent fee and stuff so probably mm. like 27 27 it, grand. is your agent fee 20 percent 10 oh that's really low. Yes. My agents, my agent fee is ten percent, but they take ten percent of everything. So not just Oh. Yeah. Like so Well, that's usually how it is. Like it's exclusive. Yeah, but they'll take ten percent of like let's say Oh, your ad revenue? Yeah. I'm oh yeah. Or like they'll take ten percent of like if we if I start selling merch. Oh. Yeah. That's so Okay. But they're also involved in that sort of okay. aspect of it. So yeah. it's like, like right now they're making their help. They're like getting the supplier. I they're see. getting the designers okay, and they're setting it. up yeah. the website and stuff. I see, I see. So that's worth it. Yeah. It's not like they're just answering my emails. They're very much like involved in my entire yeah. sort of like business. Yeah. Yeah. So it's good because as a one, as a one, uh, one man show, it's like hard to do all of these things. So yeah. yeah. And you don't have an assistant or any help or anything. Do no. you have editors? I have, yeah, I have, I have an editor that I, um, work with, but again, like, cause YouTube doesn't pay me that much. It's so hard for me to invest into like these videos and like, like, you know, a video could easily be like $2,000 from like traveling, um, filming and like living that life and then paying someone to edit it, then editing it myself for a little yeah. bit. Like all of this could be like $2,000 and. I mean, I'm lucky to get back on a long form video to, 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 for to, one video, $2,000 for one video. Yeah. Like good example. A good example well, is the expensive. other day. Well, a good example the other day is I went, I made a, like, I'm trying to move into long form a little bit more. So short form. Yeah. It's not so expensive. I edit that all myself. It's yeah. very easy, but long form. Like the other day I did like taking the cheapest flight for three days in a row. So me and I took my friend to help me film. So I paid for our flights. I see, I see. I paid for our flights for three days in a row, hotels for three days in a row, last minute, car rental, everything. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. ended up being fifteen hundred bucks. Then I send that off to my my editor. It's like another five hundred or whatever. So mm. yeah, like um just adds up. Mm. But yeah, totally. But I'm always trying to think like content, you know, like 
it's long term it's better to just keep the content flow happening rather than looking at it like an instant return on investment yeah yeah because if someone said to me now like oh if i'll give you 15 really good long form videos like instantly made but give me 30 grand i would go yeah really yeah because i'm thinking like 15 long form that's like that's like one two like that's like four months of weekly content on youtube that's very hard for me to create right now it's my biggest struggle is to keep long form going so the value of it for me building the brand is more important than just like you know looking at the revenue of the video and being like oh okay well i spent two thousand on it it got me 200 yeah you know so i'm trying to i'm trying to see a bigger picture but it's hard because when you just feel like oh negative investment negative investment but then i gotta remind myself like you're building something bigger than that yeah yeah and you are because long form will get more loyal audiences um and maybe older audiences because it seems like your audience is pretty young right now based on the people who stopped you on the cruise they were all kids (laughs) which is really cute i love it it's my favorite audience like i love um that's the other thing because there's not many to there's not many creators that have a very young travel creators that have a very young reach yes so yeah i my demographic i mean i still have very much like a mature audience as well but i do have a lot of kids because of tiktok and youtube Mm. so i love that i'm like their first introduction into traveling and their first introduction into the world and a lot of them tell me like when i graduate or when i get out of school i'm gonna go travel blah 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 blah. that's so cute yeah because your videos i'm like yeah that's so so cute Yeah. yeah Yeah. Lots of people came up and asked him for his photos during our cruise, like probably at least six, six to eight times yeah, yeah. throughout just one cruise alone. And, and they would fun. come over with the phone and be like, excuse me, is, is this you? Yeah, is this And they're so shy. They forget to even ask for a photo. Yeah, yeah. And, you're like, Do you and they're the ones that actually ask. Like, I would say four out of five don't even have the courage to come up to me i see like they just stare at me and then like they either recognize me from somewhere yeah and they're trying to figure out where do i know this person from or they're just really too shy to like say anything and they whisper to their mom and then their mom comes over and, yeah mom. oh that's so cute I that's know. adorable it's so good mm-hmm. well today i feel like we discussed a lot of things in terms of just the way you think about content and make it sustainable I thought it was very interesting. Like, obviously, it's not my first time hearing you say all this, mm. but I hope that whoever is watching this or listening to this, that you find it refreshing, that maybe you can learn a different approach from Jordan because I do think it is very unique out of a lot of the creators that I have met. Um, so yeah, I think with that, we will yeah. wrap it up. Thanks and uh, I guys. want to say thank you so much for sharing like the insights, including, you know, brand deals, rates, and also like how you think about content and virality. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Thanks for having me. And thank I hope you. you learned something. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time, Jordan. Thanks. Bye. Thanks again for tuning in to the Full-Time Influencer Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with someone who could benefit from it. And I'll see you in the next one.